Welcome to the Mortal Realms, an Age of Sigmar story phase. Grab your hammer so we can clear a path through the chaos and forge our own narratives in the Age of Sigmar. In this episode, we cover the lore of the Nighthaunt Battletoad. The souls of the dead have been shotgunned from their rest because of Nagash's Necroquake, only to be united by Lady Olinder, inserting terror into the zeitgeist of the Mortal Realms. Your allies through the Morrigates this episode are... My name is Paul. And hey, do you guys know why uh, Nagash always uses female horses uh, in the Realm of Fire? Why? Because then he can always nag ash horses. <laughs> Fair. Uh, I'm Aaron, and uh, I promised Davey I wouldn't make any ghost puns. So nobody tell him. <laughs> and this is Eric. True story, I tried to prove scientifically that ghosts exists and got a Bill Nye taunt. Bill, Bill, If you're Bill, listening Bill. as a podcast, leave an right. iTunes review. If you're watching on YouTube, like the video and subscribe to our channel, but do not tell your friends about us so you can be the smartest lore nerd in your herd. How you doing tonight, gentlemen? Really good. Good. I, I would say the most informed lore nerd instead of the smartest. I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's just me. I don't know. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, what have you guys been up to? Uh, anything new in the last uh, few weeks since we recorded? Uh, no, because it was like two, like less than two weeks ago that we recorded. Uh, who has time? Can I mean, you, you literally stuff? have two weeks. Like, uh, two weeks. Shy. You kind of mentioned it. Mm, that doesn't sound. That doesn't add up. So. Uh, I mean, I know, so Aaron did barely little, and, and here's what Aaron did. Tell me. He said, hey, you better get your uh, character ready for Warhammer fantasy roleplay. I did. That's all his hobby was. Sure. I've spent two weeks reading the hell out of that <laughs> that that PDF, rolling characters, on the forums, talking to people about it. I don't even, like, the old world doesn't mean that much to me. I just want to roleplay. Those play. books can hear you, I, man. I just want to get some role play in, play some games. So, would it help if we did this this podcast in character? Aren't, Roll up your character, right aren't now. we? Well, that's true. I'm I mean, you're like not this. real. Yeah, that's aren't. true. <laughs> Figment of your imagination. Best, so, best part was, is I'm like, hey guys, get those characters done. Done. We'll start in two, two months, months from now. <laughs> uh, I've already mocked up a few fights. Uh, yeah. Tried to figure out combat. Well, it sounds like maybe you should run it then. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'll be your assistant GM. Okay, cool. <laughs> you you t- you do all the work, tell the stories. I make sure that people follow the rules at the table. Sure, actually, that really helpful. No, I mean that's what Kenny does typically. Um, plus, I'll have you run and get coffee and, and you know. Oh yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Gopher. So I can be a gopher catcher as a career. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Animal control. Uh, in my world, no rats. Oh. Uh, only gophers. And then, like, that's kind of how scaven work. That, okay. Hmm. Instead of scaven, they're gophers. Sure. Or like they think that. You know how the people don't believe that Skaven exists in the old... I mean, this we're getting off topic a little bit, but... <laughs> that never happened. But really, <laughs> all of their personal assistants are Skaven. Are Skaven, really? yeah. Gophers. Sure. Gnawing through uh, the They're walls. super quick, quick. So that's, that's what I've been working on, is kind of just digging into that a little bit, which means I haven't been, uh, I haven't been on social media as much. Work's been busy. Um, been working a little bit on uh, my Cogfort Griffin. Mm-hmm. But I'll have to reveal that another time once I've got it a little more finished. Did we we talked a little bit about it last time though, right? Yeah, we mm-hmm. did talk a little bit. I sure. guess so. Cats out of the bag. Yeah, we but close to the I don't want to talk about it anymore right now. <laughs> Personal feelings. Right what you been up to, Paul? Vacacione. What? Vacation. Ah, I don't where'd you speak go? Spanish. Uh, north of the border. So I went to Door County. Oh, cool. Yeah, I hear you went there. 
And I, you I, hated it. I go there every once in a while. Don't tell people that. Like, what if my family hears this? Uh, it's fine. Just, Everything's fine. Uh, cool. they, did, you get any, did you get any hobby done up there? No. No? No. No reading? No. Mm. None. Mm. Mm. So you mean Suspicious. It. Yeah. Yeah. Eesh. Yeah. I mean, I have an I excuse. I got to spend time but, with my family. Mm. Does that count as hobby? How, can, how does that translate to the table? It doesn't. Creating narrative with his models. I didn't even buy any models. Usually when I go on vacation, I buy some models. When I went to Minneapolis, I bought some models. You'd be hard-pressed to find a store up there. Well. Fair, fair. Yeah. I think, yeah. No GW in the UP or beyond. You're, you're even in Canada. You, it's, it's you like know the, me. It's the thumb. It's, it's, it's the thumb true. of right, Wisconsin. We are, we are super up. interesting right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nobody pays us for that. <laughs> Somebody pays um, us. <laughs> Wait. Just pay each other. So... <laughs> So we're covering, uh, we decided to cover Night Haunt tonight. Uh, we still have to get um, Soul Wars recorded. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, we had one episode burned to the ground. Sure. And then uh, we were we're gonna... luckily we got out alive. Yeah. Oh, uh, thank goodness. So. And then we had to reconstruct this entire room. Um, from memory. E- exactly the way it was. From yeah. Memory. Well, no, I mean, I have it pretty well documented. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's, 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 it's lucky that you had everything well documented. It's in a spreadsheet. Go <laughs> revive everything. Lucky, more like lucky. planned. Especially yeah. the stuff that hasn't been open for two years. Yeah. We had to go find stuff that hadn't been open for two years. You know, if this place does burn down, how else am I going to get like the insurance to cover it unless I have very documentation. strict documentation? Yeah. 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 And because you're, everything's itemized... Like, I mean, I already know it's coming. Like, I'm, I'm this close to burning it down myself. Again, nope, not supposed to say that out loud. They're no, going to catch, catch you on that one. Now the evidence is out there. <laughs> oh, man, your nerd herd is going to uh, rat you out. <laughs> Go for you out. Go for me out. All right. All right. So uh, should we get into it? You got anything more you want to no, talk about before we get into So this right episode is all about Gopher Skaven, right? That's what we're talking about, Gopher Skaven? True. I could go for Skaven right now. Yeah, I could go for a hamburger right now. Oh, I had a hamburger. It was great. That sounds great. Hey, let's do the, let's do the story phase. The story phase. In the story phase, we delve into the stories, characters, creatures, and environments of the Nine Realms. A fell wind is rising. From the darkest pits of Shyish, the realm of death, comes a storm of ethereal figures. An eerie mist spreads before them, blotting out the sun. They muster upon corpse-strewn battlefields or ancient burial grounds. A ghostly army of phantoms. They are the supernatural, the dead, the damned, the night haunts. Ooh, spooky scary. All right. Spooky scary. If you had, if if somebody had told you six months ago, or uh, let's say eight months ago, to round it off to a really nice number, sure. that the ghosts were going to be the next largest army ever, would you pick, would you have seen Night Haunt as, uh, as the go-to, or... or did you guys expect this when Soul when when Soul Wars was coming up? I did not, though. I guess the title of Soul Wars kind of spills it a little bit, um, right? Yeah, to think that it's a sub faction of like the smallest or one of the smallest like Grand. I'm okay, not the structure might be one of the smallest like Grand Alliances. To think that yeah, yeah, it's gonna have the total model count uh, that that we got. It is actually super surprising, but I, I like it. Like I'm glad. Um, yeah. It's kind of off, not off the beaten path, but. You know, different, yeah. and it and it gives me hope for some of the other ranges or other factions that you know they could also reach this size yeah. as well. So I'm optimistic. I think we all knew a, a new death faction of some sort was coming, but I think everybody was like, "Oh, it's going to be death elves, or it's going to be something completely new." I don't think anybody thought we were just going to be expanding. Yeah, Night Hunt, which sure. I mean, just expanding it is not a great word for what actually happened. Too true. I was not expecting it. I was, I mean, I guess part of me was hoping. I th- I thought vampires would be, soul blight would be, have been the recipient, but obviously when the 
the Legion of the Gash book came out, um, or when it came out, when when Soul Blight came out in the General's Handbook the year before with you know command abilities and stuff, I assumed okay they're not going to get their own book soon. And Night Haunt was definitely one of those that was like okay that that's going to have its own battle tone. Was it not on the list at that point? It didn't have its own you know command abil- command traits and stuff in the General's Handbook, so gotcha. there was some some hints. Sure. Um, but I did not expect it to explode like this and yeah. have like this big a range. And like in the release, like you're like, oh great, it's in the starter box. And then there's like as many additional units coming out after that. Yeah, it um, was it was crazy. I think we've got at least 20, 20 units. It start. I think it was four units before. Well, let me get... let me look that one up for you. <laughs> keep on keep on going. But uh, but so yeah, I didn't expect it to be as large as as it is. I think it's the single largest faction in Death now. Um, you know, as pu- if you're taking the you know skeletons versus you know zombies versus you know um, um, fleshy core. Sure. You know, I wonder. So I mean, not that this is a a, a, a trademark thing, like in, like inherently, but to some degree, they're looking for ways to uh, develop ranges that are sort of uniquely their own or wholly mm-hmm. their own. Um, now, I, by no means are ghosts, you know, GW mm-hmm. exclusive, but I wonder if they have designed them in such a way that they can kind of lean on like that being a little yeah. bit more I our mean, aesthetic where it's could possibly be harder to do vampires. And it diff- like, I mean, I think f- flying towels is definitely, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, so whereas I, I think there's a lot of unique aesthetic in that, yeah. in what they've done with it. Like, yeah, like from a lore perspective they're ghosts yeah yeah, right? yeah but from an aesthetic perspective like you said yeah they they bring a lot of elements into it that are yeah i mean they're not so unique that they're you know steampunk sky dwarves or like underwater not unrecognizable elves. as yeah, ghosts but. Too, too true um but like when you're dealing with the death range that maybe is the best you can uh, maybe the best you could do considering there are different like options available to yeah. them and i don't know if they think this way but i mean i do like that's yeah. how, where my mind goes yep yeah. So we'll get more into that, but I just wanted to get initial reactions of like, you know, what did you guys think? Did you expect this um, kind of uh, this this release to be what it was? I definitely didn't. Though I guess along those lines, what another thing I didn't expect is the the variety. You talk about the number. It's not just the number; it's the variety within that number of how how, how many different variations of ghosts you can come up with. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, if we had our Soul Wars episode out, we kind of talked a little bit about that. So it's not even just the variety and like the execution on the models, but like the potential motivations and like even the personalities that someone come up with for their army, um, as is shown in the Soul Wars book. Yeah. So getting into uh, kind of the the lore in the book. Now the the Battle Tome doesn't have a ton of lore. There's not a ton of stories. They're obviously going to be featured heavily in Soul Wars. And in the Glimpse Forge book uh, mm. that comes with the starter set, so there's they're gonna be in a lot of stories, I think, or, and they've been in a number of stories through the Malign Portents, right? Yeah. So they're going. To, there is quite a bit of lore around them. What the the Battle Tome does is kind of give you an idea of where they came from, you know, how they're ordered, and all that sort of thing. Um, so what makes the Night Haunts who they are? What how do, how would you define them? Well, Aaron and I were having a really interesting discussion before. Um, we were recording about the fact that uh, every soldier, not every character, but every soldier in the Night Haunt Force has been stolen, right? It talks very much in the very first couple paragraphs about how these are people who thought that they were going to an afterlife, right? They thought that this was what was promised to them, or at the very least, they thought they were going to something different, right? The chain rasp hordes, they talk a little bit about how they were people who were in chains in life. They were just hoping to be out of those chains, right? 
And the really interesting thing about this entire race to me is that it's a dead person, but Nagash has taken the body and made them into dead walkers. But he's taken the soul itself and made them into night haunts. So when we're talking about soul wars, the night haunts are literally souls. And that's it. Nagash makes them into warriors, but they are simply souls themselves with no bodies. So does, do you think that implies that like their body could be a zombie somewhere? Well, it's definitely oh, I think it's, specifically it's even said stated. At one point, yeah. I, I think when we covered it in Soul Wars, uh, or uh, if you look at Glimpse Forge, I think he specifically takes about talks about how when a soldier falls, he raises the body as one and takes the soul as another. That's that's a two for one deal. Yeah, yeah, that's efficient. That is very and, efficient. And I think there's something to be. I mean, we 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 learned a little bit about Nagash, a little more about Nagash through this book, which I wasn't expecting. In terms of even more emphasizing his kind of the accountant side of Nagash. Yeah. Uh, He's got an what, abacus. what do you think about that, Aaron? I think uh, <laughs> we'd, we'd hang out, but I wonder if the general populace would maybe find it a little dull, find it a little uh, boring. Um, but I'm down. Like, that's my jam. Yeah. I mean, there's... I'd show him my spreadsheets, and he'd think, he'd think they yeah. were cool. Um, I think, I mean, one of the defining thing about Night Haunt is that, cool. that every, every one of these models, every soul in the Night Haunt army... Well, not everyone. There's there, but there's certain ones like the chain, chain. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, the foot sloggers. That but, basic. But even minutes. like, uh, and I, I'll, I'll just need to look at the list so I can. The Grimgast Reapers, for instance, mm-hmm. have a fate that has been designed by Nagash specifically to suit who they were in love mm-hmm. and and to punish. Them. And so there's just one of the things that that defines the Night Haunts different than a lot of the others is that the Night Haunts are being tortured by Nagash. Mm-hmm. Um, largely, they're defined by Nagash's judgment, yep. which is interesting because he's a bit of an, a jerk. <laughs> that's, I think that's the thing is he's not a jerk. That's a nice well, way of talking. I mean, I don't... He's just <laughs> well, and, it, and it's fair. But it's interesting how, like, yeah, I mean, he's willing... Like, but murdering somebody is not a problem, right? He'll kill... Like, he wants to kill every living thing to get their soul for, so he has it. That's true. But... And again, we've talked about morality for gods is not necessarily the same as morality for mortals. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, just it's interesting that that they this paints him very much, and in this is very much a third person voice in a lot of this, not mm-hmm. Nagash himself or his agents. Mm-hmm. But that that Nagash is a I mean, he's a bit of a bean counter, and he's a bit of a I mean he's like the HR person at your company, like goes by the rules. Uh, actually, very similar to Nagash. Good point. <laughs> uh, you know, has to make sure all the spreadsheets are right, that you've taken off the right uh, uh, days off. Yeah. That you've got everything in order. And if you cross them, they will kill you. <laughs> a murder. <laughs> You're a human resource. You're not a human person. <laughs> nah, that's good. Uh, so, it's, but I think Nighthunter very much defined by N- Nagash's view of justice. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and the fact that Nagash has a very, uh, maybe not, personal but in a way personal interaction with a lot of the people which i don't ever get that sense for like dead walkers or like the death rattle and stuff like that mm-hmm. but like for, for him to met out punishment he has to know you in some capacity i mean yeah. however minuscule that is um so it is sort of a, a more like tight relationship between him and the, this particular army which yeah. is odd because i feel like he was super surprised when not super surprised but surprised enough when they sort of showed up later on but we'll t- we'll talk about their yeah. um well, spawning. I, th- I thought a really interesting contrast is that Nagash takes the souls of those who are right not good enough. Right, it, it talks a little bit about how the fact that the people who are strong enough and evil go to chaos. The people that are strong enough and good 
go to Sigmar. These are like the droppings in the middle. People who weren't strong enough to choose, weren't strong enough to be faithful. They were just there. But I think, um, especially when we're talking about how Nagash has taken the afterlife of these people and turned it to his will, it's a really interesting mirror to way that Sigmar has taken the afterlife of the Stormcast Eternals and turned it to his will. Uh, but whereas Nagash takes what they hated and makes it their afterlife, Sigmar takes what was good about them and tries to purify what was bad of, of them out. So it's, it's a really interesting mirror or contrast between the two gods. Yeah, they, they take that raw material mm-hmm. and they stretch it in two different directions. Yeah. yeah, which, I mean, makes for a good starter set and a good like mm-hmm. box set yeah. and a good way to sort of introduce this... Um, you know, AOS 2.0 and then, you know, the this whole Soul Wars uh, storyline. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll say that I do think that this pairing is a much more dynamic story than uh, Good is Evil. Yeah. Um, I mean, Nagash is not painted as evil in these stories. Like, mm-hmm. the Nighthaunt aren't good people, necessarily, or good spirits. But, yeah, I mean, it's there's a right order to things. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and also, I think, uh, as a narrative, it's a better pairing because... With the Stormcast versus the Corn, Corn wants blood, but the Stormcast don't give it, right? So that was kind of an odd pairing because they're trying to fight Corn in order to take something, but Corn can't get anything from them because they just go back to his ear. Whereas they with, they don't give blood, but didn't he get a skull though at one point? Like yeah, I mean, Yaktos. But um, that, that's that's a deep cut. Very few and, and keep far going. between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the Night Haunt, it is Rage of the Living. And the Stormcast are nothing if not living, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they are the souls. So it's a very direct conflict. Instead of fighting something that just wants to kill you, it's fighting something that hates you for living. And that's one of the defining features of Stormcast is that they are immortal. Sure. I mean, I, I think that the um, the Lord um, Arcanum riding on Griffhound, or Griff Charger, mm-hmm. in the... In the box that says, don't hate us, you want to be us. <laughs> uh, and, Is that a direct quote? And, <laughs> Night Hunt. I mean, that's... Uh, so let's talk a little bit about different motivations for the Night Hunt. Yeah. Because that's... I think that's that's the th- one, another thing that defines them is that uh, they talk about the animus, mm-hmm. which is uh, defined as either hatred or um, a motivation. Like, what compels them? And so certainly one of them is this idea that they hate the living. For living. Because they're living. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. They're, it's... I resent you for even existing. Sure. Well, because they still can choose their fate, right? I think that's the, the kind of the implied is that they still have a choice and the Night Haunt no longer have a choice. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a, I mean, not a wide range, but at least some range to even why they hate the living, like for living. Some of them, like it's a jealousy thing or like I'm, I'm getting punished right now. And so like, I'm going to, I'm going to punish you because I'm getting punished currently. Mm-hmm. Um, like, or some of them don't even hate the living per se, but they're being just sort of uh, controlled and driven to like uh, an act of violence on the living, even even though they personally don't care one way or the other, and they're like they're sort of abhorred by the 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 stuff that they're being made to do. Um, yep. So even in that particular like one specific reason for them to you know attack the living, that the hate, there's still a range and a variety of reasons as to yeah. why they uh, do you wanna, it. Uh, you know, there's one uh, aspect I read where it's like they think that if they can, when they kill that that living being, that they're have a, a glimpse at living again mm-hmm. like they can steal that breath for a moment or you know i just have this mm-hmm. I, this idea that like they're taking a couple puffs from the soul sure. yeah well if you, you know if you go back to soul wars which again we we need to re- recover but um if you go back to soul wars when the characters take the souls they actually bring back warmth right to the characters and so 
what we've been talking about so far is we've been talking about the rank and file troops about how they've pretty much lost everything mm. but the real character uh of the army it comes from the characters themselves the heroes uh the champions because they do have their own will they have their own motivations and the rank and file are tied to them they are given to them as servants in order to perform the duties that are there right you're definitely right that that if you're talking just rank and file, there's a million, uh, you know, uh, night hunt just spirits that, that do the bidding. Um, but then, yeah, there's there's uh, lieutenants and sub commanders and you know the people at the top. And there's certainly, you know, that also breaks the mold of where most of the the bottom rung are mm-hmm. the the leftovers, mm-hmm. right? Um, some at the top, we're we're stronger individuals that Nagash had tormented or you know had dealings with prior to the whole yeah. wars going so well i guess that that actually falls right into it. well how do, how are the night haunt organized um and again it goes down to those characters um and they are bound it, it's a little bit like a vampire but it's not quite the same as a vampire right because the vampire actually has more of a visceral physical control over his minions mm-hmm. well or, let's talk let's and let me what this book does a, lot, a little bit of too is is talks about pre-necroquake mm-hmm. and post-necroquake yeah so how are they organized pre-necroquake uh they weren't yeah they weren't right so i mean it, <laughs> it, it, in the book it talks about how um like and and, and we we see that right like we always knew sort of vague always ever since aos has been around like we've known in the age of sigmar that there are these night haunts flooding around you see your what are they tomb banshees and spirit hosts and so on and so forth so these are the um not that they're not threatening but less threatening sort of scattered isolated uh bits of you know spirits that are you know haunting graveyards you're scratch scratching at your door in the middle of the night all sort of independent and um you know working on you know working on their own whether they're you know, the classic ghost stories where they're haunting or they have unfinished business in life and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. So they were not real organized. There was no folk driving force behind it. Scattered, any of them. sparse, yeah. you know, not large numbers in any kind of way. There was maybe a couple times where you would see a large number of them together. Maybe like mm-hmm. a village had been wiped out or something like that. And so you yeah. get that kind of, uh, you know, a haunting or a. Yeah, exactly. Like they, it was purposeful if there was ever a big, big yeah. grouping of yep. them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and and real quick, I think there is uh, there is one story of uh, Nagash in the midst of fighting chaos, um, where he's in this space, this place, uh, and I'll see if I can where he calls upon this these uh, these living prisoners. There's a thousand living prisoners, and he tears the souls out of them mm-hmm. and uh, forces them to fight, uh, yeah. you know, for him for his cause to fight back chaos. So. In that case, there was a thousand you know, night haunts uh, mm-hmm. fighting. In, you know, that probably gave him the idea. He's like, "Hey, that's not too bad." That, well, that sort of worked out. Sure. Yeah. I wonder how I can use that to my advantage. And one of the specific things that's mentioned in the Necroquake is that uh, those spirits who did not go to an afterlife, who were kind of like lost or like bound to a specific place, um, the spirit had. It, it's a really cool kind of description where one of the consequences of the necroquake is that everyone's spirit who was not gone to an afterlife taken by sigmar right bound into someone had a silver line that appeared behind them and that silver line was a guide to back to their body so every soul was able to follow that line and then there was also like you could travel through realms through this line and go back to your body which is something that's talked about a little bit in soul wars again uh because 
you have all of these graves that all of a sudden become haunted, right? So instead of somebody died a terrible death, they're haunting it because there's unfinished business. This person died, but they did not go to an afterlife. Now this place is haunted because their spirit or their soul has not been bound to something else. And so what we have are these unbound spirits that now are being claimed by Nagash, um, which is a really different way of forming an army than before. He's basically just going up and gathering all of these unpurposeful spirits into an army. Well, so then post Necroquake, uh, obviously the Necroquake exploded, uh, unbound or, or rustled up spirits weren't existing. Sure. You know, uh, they're leaping out of their graves. They're kind of forcing that, that forcing that reaction yeah. to mm-hmm. occur. You know, when it like rains and like worms come crawling up out of everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's how I, how I pictured yeah, it a little bit. A nice, yeah. nice ghost, image. ghost worms though. Ghost worm. And, and it talks about how when Nagash's original plan, all those souls were just supposed to be drawn into the Nadir, well, right? And they were to be his... I don't know. I would disagree there. Uh-huh. I think his goal was that they would spring forth. <laughs> and uh, what where the flaw was in the Necroquake was that in if it had been perfected, if it had worked perfectly, <laughs> yeah. they would have sprung up and <laughs> been, he'd been able to coordinate them to kill the living wherever they were. Uh-huh. Not come back. That um, they were supposed to be everywhere. It's, it's kind of like ambush. Yeah. Right? He wanted to get death... Uh, um, agents everywhere and then be able to have them strike and kill. The problem was is that because it was not perfect, Mm -hmm. they sprang up and they killed, but then they would like get distracted. They'd get distracted by going over and haunting over here. Or instead of one of the things they talk about is like the Phoenicium, Mm -hmm. they defeated the garrison. They came in and they killed all the guards, but then they just had fun terrorizing people mm-hmm. instead of raising it to the ground and destroying it. But see, I think when they talked about the Necroquake, Nagash wanted it to be a secret. Yeah. He wanted to be a secret building up of this force. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. Supp- I, I don't think it was supposed to be something where they sprang up and did this. This was a, a consequence of it not going... I mean, It was a secret until he, he, he wanted it to be a secret up to the point where he triggered it. Well, but even... Uh, okay, then maybe I have a misunderstanding because my understanding was it was supposed to be a secret after it happened. And then he would just build up this overwhelming force, very much like Sigmar did, and then just unleash it upon the mortal realms and destroy everything. So, and I think it's I think it's both. Yeah. So I think he wanted an instant um, snap, you know, of of ghosts everywhere, killing everything in the mortal realms, and then all of those souls would be drawn back to Shyish, mm-hmm. uh, and then whatever was left over, whatever didn't get killed, he'd have he you know he you think about it if he even killed like. Uh, half of the mortals in the mm-hmm. in the realms, right? He'd have, you know, however many times he'd have the overwhelming force yeah. mm-hmm. in the realm. So but so the goal was after the Necroquake that they'd be this organized, controllable, like focused force. But there was just a lot more like ghosts that like what does a ghost want to do? Just scare people. Yeah. <laughs> and so but that's a distraction. Very very Halloween ghost esque. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, if I hear the word boo one more time, it'll... <laughs> I will end you. <laughs> right. That was the first HR memo was, <laughs> was about not Attention. using boo in the workplace yeah. <laughs> because it's offensive. For, for, for a ghost, Triggered. yeah. Triggered. It's the B word. Um, so, yeah. So they went from being few and, and, and scarce because here's, here's the... Because they were it was broken and disorganized this is why he needed to go out and find somebody to 
pull them together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get your sheets together. <laughs> um, Get it all up uh, and put it together. Yeah. So. Did you see that they needed some backbone? <laughs> um, so here's where um, I mean the types of units. I don't know if we want, do want to get into that or do want to get back keep with the story of um, uh, how they got more organized. Let's let's keep with the story. Okay. Um, so Nagash said, "I've got to get let there be ghosts. I've, <laughs> let the, let I've got to ghosts. There's ghosts everywhere across the mortal realms. There's night haunts everywhere." And there's no way to control him because his his plan did not work perfectly. And he, I mean, I don't know why he himself couldn't reach out and grab them all. I think they heard him calling. Mm-hmm. But that's a good point. Why didn't he? I think it talks a little bit about there's there is one point where they're saying, well, you know, that they're hearing his voice, but then at one point they hear this new voice, sure. right? And they're like, okay. It, and he, I think it's because, um, so he he searched high and low across the realms for somebody to help him in this. And he knew he couldn't turn to Manfred, who is his, you know, he's his guy when he needs to go and just send a message of just brutal destruction. Um, Which sounds like what he ends up doing eventually, so I don't know why Manfred. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and then there's, you know, we can't send Neferata because she's his guile and his corruption and that sort of thing. And then, um, you know, he saves Archon for his big plans and mm-hmm. his, you know, yeah. world or his, his city building or whatever his world building. Um, and so he needed to find somebody else, and uh, he can't find anybody. He can't find anybody. He finds a bunch of chumps, like you mm-hmm. said. I mean, I think still he's looking for for just the right person. He's, it says he of, peers into every single underworld, um, yeah. mm-hmm. which I mean, there's got to be a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. dude's busy. And and so he comes across uh, Lady Olinder, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, oh, you. I remember you. I cursed you already. Yeah. So, uh, so this is somebody he found later in her, and he'd already cursed her. Um, mm-hmm. She had spent her life um, manipulating people, um, using them. Uh, she did a lot through marriage. She'd marry, uh, marry up a level. Uh, that person would die. You know, mysteriously. Uh, dis- disappear. We don't disappear. know. Yeah. We don't know. Um, that they and died. then she would go up the next level, et cetera, et cetera. And so she climbed the ranks. Um, but without any remorse. Hmm. Um, and so when she finally married um, the, let's see, the city. Do you guys remember the name of the city? Yeah, with a D. Uh, Delorum. Delorum, which uh, that's a little on so, the nose. <laughs> sorrow. Get it? Uh, so she, when she married the, the prince of Delorum and he uh, passed away accidentally, um, she, because it was such visible, she had to mourn him for a period of, like, a long time. And so, but... Disingenuous. 100% just putting on an act and a show. She actually had no remorse whatsoever for any of the things that she did to get to where she was. And what set Nagash off was that while so she was meant to rule this, if she was going to rule this city, Delorum, which was very much uh, worshiping Nagash and and, you know gave themselves uh, their allegiance to Nagash, but she did not lead them. She did not help them. So when chaos came and wiped them out. She was the last one standing, and then that's when she chose to parlay with with Nurgle. And Nagash was like, "Nope, don't think so." And he mm-hmm. plucked her. He ended her. <laughs> he is the <laughs> god of point. like endings. Yeah. Uh, and and punished her. Yeah. And, well, go ahead. And I'm wondering if um, I thought that this was actually a civilization, a human civilization within the realm of death, not necessarily an underworld. Yeah. And well, she I was mean, cursed to this undeath no, because so she, of her. I mean, it could have been an underworld, like it. No, I, th- I think it was in Shia. Like, well, yeah. like, yeah. What I'm saying, those, those aren't mutually exclusive. There's an afterlife 
it, I think there's an afterlife underworld, and there's an actual human civilizations who live within Shyish, who live in the underworld, but they're not in their afterlife. I think this was her oh, yeah. real human life. Yep, I would agree. Um, I think I think it's been established that Shyish as a realm has certainly has locations that are where souls go to where where an afterlife a belief system has sprung up mm-hmm. their afterlife but you can go and visit there as a living mortal yeah and you can then build cities around in those same places yeah. so they're they're physical tangible mm-hmm. yeah. they're not in in a pocket realm in yeah. a way that um you know some things are or sticks <laughs> yeah. Stigix is yeah, mm-hmm. um, or like that place that. But yeah, so I very much yeah. got the sense that this was a a mortal city mm-hmm. um, in in Shyish. Well, and th- I, what I think is really interesting about that is that he takes a person in life, snatches them from their life, and curses her, mm-hmm. but doesn't understand the utility of who she is. Right, the utility of who she is comes into being later in her afterlife. And it's only when he understands that that he understands really that the night haunt can become a tool. Yep. So until this point, for Nagash, the night haunt are very much just these things. Yeah, the result that, of punishment. The result of punishment. So it's almost as if it's this joke, right? This unjust judgment that he feels is just has given rise to the way that the night haunt are happening. Because he never thought that this would be something that would actually be useful. Hmm. He never thought that this is something that could actually have military might or power. Which I think adds to like the pureness of what Nagash does mm-hmm. in terms of his judgment. I guess it, if if they're posing that that um, proposing that Nagash's judgment is like based in justice, sure. mm-hmm. that it's not him just imposing something to be a jerk or to manipulate the souls to. Because get, hey, get oh, something I'm going to do it, this yeah. so that I can have this. Like his first priority is to judge. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, we talked about before. It's dark difference to Sigmar. Like he's yep. going to take you, and I'm going to use you. Whereas yep. initially, anyways, Nagash was I'm going to I'm going to take I'm you. Gonna I'm going to punish you. you. And like, right? That's just it. That that's my goal. This judgment is my fit goal. My yeah. sense of judge, justice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. So and and to your point, yeah. I mean, there's this. What he is left with is this, the night haunt. You know, he he sees how useful they can be when. Again, directed, motivated, mm. properly, you know, motivated. Hey, like us three. Uh, <laughs> that their animus is adjusted, uh, and and so in this case, um, and he he, what happens is he comes back to Delorum, and he finds that in death she has become risen to power in this same location, yeah. mm-hmm. and she's got quite the thrall of night haunts gathered already. Um, so she's. Even in death. Well, so what is what is her punishment, Aaron? What is what justice has he exacted upon well, her? Well, I mean, you'll recall that Eric said that she was uh, without remorse in all the the crap that she pulled. Um, so he he turns like Nagash is real big on turning stuff on their head and like giving you the opposite. And so he basically dumps all this remorse on her so that she's perpetually grieving. I guess hence the Mortark of, of grief. Um, and so it like exudes from her and like she just bums everybody out all the time. <laughs> She's, she sends out she's her just the remorse yeah, code. A big, big, big Party pooper. Yeah, she's. You know. Well, I gotta imagine that like she's feeling all the remorse that she should have felt as a human being Ca- for what she did. Caught up with her. Yeah, has to be cut, catching up with her. All the the grief of everyone who died um, to chaos while mm-hmm. she sat in her tower True. has to have been loaded upon her. 
Um, and I'm sure there's got to be something else where it's like she's just tuned into like grief radio, mm-hmm. where she's like, "Oh, that hurts." If you're gonna be the more target grief, grief like, radio, you're gonna have, yeah. you're gonna have where that she, has, she watches all the sappy like <laughs> stuff on TV, and like she feels it. She's a real emo that one. Yeah, um, yeah. but well, and it's, it's funny because she's an undead emo. Sure, and also right? spoken like, at a guy who's pretty emo. So like, I, I mean, that's all, the greatest respect. Super. Um, for, yeah. <laughs> but it, but this is where I think. Um, too, like what he was looking for is somebody who's tuned in to this um, torment and to this um, this this thing that night haunts feel. Because I mean, one, they're all tormented and they've got to be a little bit crazy, right? From all of this, um, mm-hmm. just because I mean, there's just got to be a twisting of, yeah. of reality for these these beings. And so she's tuned into that, and so she's got, but she's still got her wherewithal mm-hmm. to like control, command to to rise in power, and so. She's a natural beacon to this this these beings. So much so that they can hear from clear across all the realms, right? Yep. She she has this hold on these night haunts from you know from basically anywhere. Um, and that's where you know it said too is I mean they they could hear Nagash, mm-hmm. but there was a new voice, um, and this voice uh, not only shared their their feelings but promised them revenge, mm-hmm. gave them a promise of being able to exact their revenge, and well, they yeah. enjoyed that. And I think what the real definition of her character is, is that she takes the torment that Nagash has given her and makes it her purpose, right? Instead of something that is thrust upon her, it becomes something that she chooses to embrace, right? Where do you get that? Well, because she has this clarion call. Because that would denote free will. Exactly. It's some free will, right? Like, it is because of the unjust nature of what happened to her that she can take on this power like i think that's one of the defining things of the characters in this faction is that they are able to find meaning in their suffering maybe or maybe not i think maybe you're assuming just a tad bit much however your point does bring up a good question that i hadn't thought about is Mm -hmm. we know that neferata manfred archon uh, uh, all are slivers in the gash he created them basically a whole cloth in some capacity right like Mm -hmm. uh because they're different aspects of him is she an aspect of him so much, and and you said, oh, you, that implies free will, and like I initially scoffed at the idea. I'm like, she doesn't have free will, but doesn't she though? Like, do we know that she doesn't? Because she wasn't made the same way that they were. Is no. she different in that way? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I mean, they were made in in the old world. No, no, no. Well, right? actually, I think we read somewhere that these are these are new creations. These are new versions. They are of his them. versions of them. Like, okay. so basically, like, I mean. To use where did, a completely different... Where did we read that, though? Where's that from? It was from um, Nagash the Undying King, I thought. Yeah, I thought or something like that. that. But uh, So my understanding is, to use a Harry Potter reference, sure. right? these Mortarks are horcruxes. right? They are deposits All of right. Nagash's soul. Okay, yeah, I buy that. And it is specific aspects of his soul that they are given, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the reason that Nagash was unable to unite the Night Haunt and why his voice is not the one that was called was because... Um, the necroquake went wrong. And when you're reading about the necroquake, it talks about how much energy he has to expend to just keep the pyramid from falling apart. Because at that point, it isn't that he wants the mission to succeed. It's just that he cannot have it fail. Yeah. Right? He, he switches from something that is a grand plan to just recovering. I mean, it was one so jewel. it's not a failure. It was one uh, jewel. But, but you know, geometries, it's the corpse geometries. Exactly. And that's a new thing that we're. <laughs> That we have a malign importance as well, right? So we have these these corpse geometries. Is just how the magic works. 
right? And that was those lines that drew the spirits back to the bodies. That's how so necromancy works. I would still argue that in his cursing her, mm-hmm. uh-huh. there's got to be something of him that's going into that. Mm-hmm. That he's and and the fact that her judgment is coming out of his sure. brain. There there may be still some aspect of of himself that goes into every bit of Shaiish. All are Nagash and Nagash is all. Oh, mm-hmm. Whose side are you on? <laughs> so what I would say, I mean, my argument would be that how this being became this being started as a human, mm-hmm. but is uh, punished. And then in this transformation is giving a sliver of his divinity, um, whether it's created whole cloth from him as we propose the, the Mortarks are, I would say she is absolutely an aspect of him. And in the same way that the Mortarks, they act in a way that is a mini him and therefore don't have free will. They just work the same way. They are, they're all his subconscious. I'm not so sold that she is the same as them. I mean, similar, mm-hmm. yes. The more I think about it, the more I'm coming to the conclusion that she's different in some some capacity because of her origins or how she was created or some other reason. Um, it may never be brought up again. It may never matter. Um yeah. I want to get super deep. You want to hear super deep? Wait, wait. what have you been doing this whole time? All right. This is super deep. So what if Lady Olander is the deposit of Nagash's regret for letting Kemri fall? So because I he, doesn't, he I outlived his own so civilization. Say, don't, don't reach back to Kemri. So don't reach back to Kemri. Why not? I would say there may be some regret within AOS, like within this phase of things. So whether it be his regret over the... like. We talked a little bit about him and Sigmar, right? That relationship, sure. the brothers. Mm-hmm. There could be you some. You can't say that. The, some aspect oh, of, Sigmar, some aspect of regret from losing that, that pantheon. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to keep going. No, if you have no a, I was going to say so that there's, I could see there that so Nagash, he talks about like he hasn't felt fear, he hasn't felt these emotions in a long time. At the same time, we know he reacts to things in a very petulant way sometimes, right? True. So. Instead of having that, I feel like there's got to be an aspect of that that's lived out through his beings, right? His night haunt are his rage mm. and his hatred of the living and of Sigmar and of all that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, and so I would say that there's an aspect there to that, you know. Fair. Uh, why does it always come back to Tomb Kings with you? Uh, <laughs> because that's where Wait a that's second. where Nagash came Is from. Lodi or Lady Alinder actually Cetra? Um, and second of all, uh, to, to Eric's point, um, so I don't know that Agash does feel any uh, grief. I, I don't know that you read Soul Wars. At one point, it says that something to the effect of uh, Sigmar rescued Nagash. He was buried under a mountain or something like that. And Nagash is like, all right, cool. Because I'm super like logical and like accountant. Like, I owe you, but I owe you, I only owe you so much. And once we're done, we're done. And so, yeah, they, they had their adventures and they were brothers, blah, blah, blah. Sigmar thought that way. I don't think Nagash ever did. He's like, all right, I'm going to pay my favor, like repay my debt. Yeah. Once it's repaid, I'm outie. Um, yep. And that's basically what happened. But I think um, one of the things we established, or I, in my head, is established with <laughs> Nagash, is that he's not always fully aware of what he is capable of or what is in him. Sure. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, he lies to himself. Yeah, true. Don't well, we all, though? Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Nagash lies to himself because Nagash created Manfred, created Archon, created Neferata out of his memories and those characters lie to him right mm-hmm. that is a function of his personality mm-hmm. they are the repository of this part of the emotion 
And so that is kind of a defining aspect of Nagash. So it's a really interesting dichotomy because we have this just judge, but we also have this god who was capable of lying to himself. Like, Archon has this whole scheme of like how he's eventually going to take power, but he's able to hide it from the god who has given him being. Wait a sec, Archon's not trying to pay, take power. He's trying to put Nagash and Sigmar to join forces. This, is, pa- this is a Paul theory. Well, but, a Paul theory. Yeah, because he's trying to get Nagash and Sigmar to join forces because he wants the same thing Nagash does, but well, he wants to be I don't think there's a want. Head. I don't think there's a want there. He he it's said so he, he says he set it up. Well, it's not spoil. That's if that's <laughs> No. No, you're cool. It's Archon is like, well, if it works in our favor, great. Mm. Yeah, that's the extent of it. He's think, like, but if that's not what I think Nagash, he's just exercising options. Yeah, like, yeah, and if Nagash doesn't, fine. Like, there's, there's very much Nagash's like calculation. Mm. Like, yeah. hey, if this works out in our favor, great. If not, that's fine. We'll do it another way. Um, but hey, question, guys, have we fa- wandered a little far afield? Oh well, yes. I mean, we're talking about the nature of the night haunt, so I don't think so. Okay. Um, and the last thing I'll say is what could be interesting about how Lady Olinder was created compared to the yeah. other. Okay. Um, she's a night haunt yeah <laughs> as opposed to being soul blight or being um, a necro priest or yeah. whatever um, is that they're his humanity mm-hmm. as opposed to these other aspects of him uh, and so they that that could be an explanation that this this part this rage had to come out of a human cycle gotcha of living life and death and punishment we are a bunch of angry people yep um Anyway. Okay, and darn it, and then I'm going to wander just for a second. Uh, <laughs> Do it. I like, I like that this People whole, can fast forward uh, if I they like, want. I know, that's true. I like how this conversation has sort of highlighted a conversation that we've had before in that, like, Nagash is nothing if not multifaceted. Even from, like, a, a mm-hmm. from a, like, a deity perspective, um, he has his own different, like, people look at him in different ways. Um, he has different names and titles and, like, responsibilities. Um, like a classic, like, classical Greek god or something to that. Mm-hmm. effect so this is i mean this whole conversation kind of proves that or highlights the fact that he he's um he's got some he's got some depth well uh, and also because he's consuming the gods of these underworlds as well yeah true right like it, he is he was multifaceted to begin with and he's becoming more and more multifaceted as he absorbs more and more power and more and more underworlds he's a, he's a crazy diamond is when he is yeah do you think he's affected changed by every god he devours oh i, I definitely think so Probably. He'd make for a good story if he was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, so it's possible that one gem that was removed from the pyramid was one of those gods that helped him to understand what was going on. Did you just make an assumption that he turned those gods into gems? I did. Yeah. That's but a, he would that's take that's their a, power. That's... Hashtag. Hashtag Paul Theories. <laughs> <laughs> and he made those gems in Camry. Hey, so it did all work. This is a leading question. Let's see if you guys follow me. Uh, what was another punishment uh, given to Lady Olinder? It's actually a punishment for somebody else, but... Well, it was the whole thing where she used her husbands to gain power. Yep. And then Nagash was like, Lady Olinder, this is like the line, and this is like where you are. I'm going to teach you monotony. And he's like, wait, I'm thinking about you. You use husbands in order to gain power. So as a curse for your undeath, I'm going to give you a husband. Right. I'm going to betroth you. Admittedly, we're the yeah. worst. Like, I, we don't, I wouldn't wish us on anyone. <laughs> well, and, and to give some context, she she went out on her first mission okay. and overreached. Sure. And Nagash and Archon had to come in and kind of rescue her um, because she just she she thinks a lot of herself. <laughs> yeah. which, is, which is fine. She she probably will eventually live up to her own hype. I think a lot of her, too. Um, but to, to punish her, yeah, uh, he, he hitched her. 
with uh, with the dude on the chair, the floating chair, the throne, the throne, which is the classic like your your old man sitting in a recliner, Herdos uh, <laughs> Valentian with the remote control, yeah. trying to turn in the sports <laughs> and the the dude with the trumpet and the, whatever. Just yeah, just so well, Curtis Valentian. Yep. Well, what's what I love about this is because it's a dual punishment. Yeah. Which, so at first I was like, okay. GW, do we have to, like, our only case of really talking about marriage, do we have to make it, like, really ball and chain? Do we have to go there? Like, it's Night Haunt. There's a lot of chain references. Sure. There's a lot of, like, torment and torture. And then we put in marriage. That's where marriage goes. Uh, I was like, but it's, there's a couple of these tropes that do fit into here. Because I, yeah. this this feels a little bit like old GW humor. Yeah. Of, like, you know, this is ball and chain right yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. Well, but um, technically, it's a betrothal. It's not a wedding. Right? I don't know. Nice day for so, a wedding. So betrothal means that you are to be married to this person, but I don't think they've actually been married. They're chained together. I don't know, Paul. You I, make me I'm look sh- it up. That, I mean, that may be a that that may be it may be like at the beginning of that paragraph they're mm-hmm. betrothed, and by the end of the paragraph they're married. Like we don't know timing. You can tell us if we're wrong. Um, but because they go over they go over a period of time after that, like they're not yep. just taking a snapshot. But so the the dual punishment is that uh, Kurdos Valentian also sought power and control and his punishment uh, by Nagash is to never find that. Yeah. Uh, and well, so to never be king. And so, uh, well, not even, but even so one being married to, to Lady Olinder, she is the one in charge, mm-hmm. right? He is a, a lieutenant to her. And, um, and it says that she even sends him out on missions with other uh, units, but he's not the one leading them. Mm-hmm. He can't lead that other group like he can't lead anything mm. like he literally can't have any project responsibility can he lead a horse to water live in the live in the dream man <laughs> i didn't want to say that but you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um i never get anything done and i can't be blamed for it yeah sorry. that sounds amazing sorry my god says i can't i got it sorry the game right. on I, I was gonna later. pay an army but the game's on sorry so there's some deep there's some deep uh deep cuts here yeah. with this whole setup uh, making fun of the stereotypical, uh, probably British marriage, right? Sure. Not, <laughs> not, 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 like, not us, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Valentian yeah. is sitting on a throne, right? Sitting on the toilet, doing nothing. Mm. Wow. Floating I was going to go with, like, Lazy Boy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to go. That's a very American reference. Wait a sec, but then there's a, for there's a bunch of people, I don't even know. Bunch of people tooting on horns, man. Right? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> You're right there. A bunch of people tooting on horns. <laughs> oh, man. I still feel like it's more of an air horn reference. <laughs> the you know, toilet, the, game. Of the flying toilet of doom. <laughs> I mean, he's an armchair quarterback. I'm going to go back to Lazy Boy just because I don't want, I don't want to fall into Lou. I, I really like this idea, though. I'm, I'm I think they would have called him Lou if he was Lou. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so that's her second punishment. His punishment as well, I guess. Um, but in essence, uh, they complete each other. Uh, her, her, you she's she's this me. immense powerhouse of. Of energy and force and and whatever, but she's hot headed and she's she does not. I don't think she's a. How do I put it? Like she's she's instinctive, whereas he brings uh, some tactics and muscle. Hmm. I guess. Um, so we're getting back into stereotypical know, husband and I wife know. here. I, Just like I want it to be. I want it to be satire. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so. Just to continue to go on that thread because it's there. It's also Lady Olinder, if she lifts her veil, yeah. right? If you see her face, you are just 
filled with sorrow. Just completely overcome with the sorrow. I know being. the feeling right here. So um, so this is this is our hierarchy, right? So we have Lady Olinder, then we have Kurdos Valentian. So right? well so she's she's tapped. Yep. She comes back to uh Nagashazar. Mm-hmm. To the Shyish Nadir. And she gathers all the night haunts and orders them into groups, into, um, you know, she finds her sub commanders in the, the Night of Shrouds, the various Night of Shrouds, mounted and not mounted. Yeah, fear lengths, um, depending. And, uh, you know, Rikenor the Grim Hailer is another uh, lieutenant of hers. Um, and so, what's, I mean, what's. I mean, Archon doesn't even have a name. To, I mean, what's up with this? He doesn't need one. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'd probably say that uh, that the other Mortarks are his. Then, sure. Yeah. But this this is an interesting thing, though, that like Lady Olinder does not seem to have as much power as Archon or Manfred or Neferata. She's not an OG Mortark, yeah. I mean, like, even from a model-wise, she's not as big of a model. She doesn't have as big of a base. She doesn't have so, a sweet so, mount. So what do yeah. you so what do you mean? Are you talking about in his hierarchy she doesn't have as much power? Yeah. In her, in his hierarchy, number one, she's the new kid on the block. Number two, she's like she's possessing with this new force, but she doesn't she can't actually control all of them. She's very much about sending them out to do their own thing mm. uh, with all these different characters. So it's more a far more I don't know if I'm gonna like democratic but is that less order? power? Or is that I mean She's right. at the top of a bigger pyramid. It feels like, like, well, like, like yeah. Neferata's got spies, and she's yeah. got. I mean, she does have some named lieutenants in the in mm-hmm. the stories, right? Mm-hmm. She's got um, uh, what's her name from sort of Spear of Shadows. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, I just am a. blanking. Man, we are not the smartest. Adhema. Adhema, yeah. Adhema. Adhema. So Adhema's, you know. Yeah. Uh, but we don't have anything uh, in terms of her being mm-hmm. given all of an entire faction mm-hmm. to determine how they are used. Yeah. Right? But, so, yeah, that's true. There's an aspect of maybe Nagash trusts Neferata to do some things mm-hmm. more uh, autonomously. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what, if there's an autonomy gap, you know, between what he gives them, but to be given all of the Night Hunt armies, like everything that he's just created, like sure. the forces that... The, this raw resource that didn't exist before. And we mm-hmm. talked about before, like, how many models they have. Like, oh, man, that's a huge range. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's where I would say, I mean, and while she's not directly, but she was able to call them all to Nagash or to Shayash Nadir. Like, mm-hmm. she's able to reach across the realms. There's something crazy about that connection she has with them. Well, and let's, let's talk a little bit about the nature of Nagash's curse with this hierarchy is that this hierarchy is permanent unless Nagash chooses to change it. Right, as opposed to Neferata, oh, yeah. where... Are you saying my job title's a curse? <laughs> yes. Because my boss determined it. <laughs> kind of. <Yeah>. So, <laughs> because Neferata can be killed by, say, Edhima, right? Mm. Edhima could kill her and become the Mortark. I dare to try. Right? There is theoretically a possible there. Or, if we're going to take lower levels, right? Somebody could kill Edhima and take her place within the hierarchy. Sure. But with the Nighthawn, it's very much stable, like... We have the Mortark of Grief at the top, and then we have her lieutenant who cannot go above her. And then we have all these other characters, but they are all subservient to her. But none of these characters can die, and none of these characters can be dispersed, really, right? Like, it is almost this permanent hierarchy that's going on. I don't know that we know that, but... Yeah, I don't know if I'm I'm making that leap with you. Um, Because... Could Nagash change somebody's curse? Oh, absolutely. He uh, already has changed. And so, if, if, curse. if there's a, a chain rasp that 
does really well, could he make turn him into a knight shroud? Knight of shrouds. Like I don't think that because I, I got could Nagash make uh, so a hot saying, pocket so hot that he, even he couldn't eat it? I mean, I, he could take a knight of shrouds that doesn't have a horse and give him a horse. I think maybe he's like, all right. Your feet are tired. Yeah, like you're I'm fundamentally missing the question that I made. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I, pocket. What you're, yeah. What I don't know that we've been given that kind of limitation on what this army can be or what, because this is again, this is a very small uh, amount of information about the night hunt in general. Like we're espousing for a while just because we have a lot. But I mean, like it's mm-hmm. this organization is only like a number of paragraphs long, so I don't know that it defines that there is no upper mobility, like that some. Some lower level, you know, something couldn't become something yeah. else. Well, I would say that the rank and file don't have the ability to become something else because the characters themselves still have a bit of themselves. And I think that most of the rank and file are literally insane. Sure. I think it's a right. case of uh, it doesn't happen, but it doesn't mean it can't happen. Sort of is, is where I fall. At the, at the very least, more things could die mm-hmm. and change up the who's on top. Yeah. Sure. You know, um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess there could be something to be said that this is their curse for eternity. Mm-hmm. Like if this is... I think that's what I'm, I'm getting Nagash hung up on. Nagash has said, yeah. hey, this is this is your role for eternity. By that nature, his own law, I could see him abiding by his own rule. Sure. His own... I've, I've decreed this. I'm not going to break that. Mm-hmm. Because I, it's perfect in its yeah, decree. Or, or, yeah, I mean, I, exactly. Or that he's re- refusing to admit that he was wrong or that right. there would be a better <laughs> answer for it. He's like, no. So, yeah. so, those n- chains look good on you. I guess I can make that jump. <laughs> <laughs> that that Nagash that 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 uh, you know uh, wraith is always going to be a wraith. Mm-hmm. It's never going to change because it deserves to. That's be. That's how I'm coming at it. I think yeah. But again, doesn't mean he couldn't. But, he just would choose. He just wouldn't do it. But yeah. also, Paul didn't say that. So <laughs> he didn't. So obviously, he didn't help right. us to that. I'm wrong. You right. just made a jump. Your order of words was a much better order. <laughs> you, of gave, his words. you gave no logic. <laughs> it was the same meaning. It was I the wrong to, order of words. I had to create that logic. You see, for in the you. corpse geometries, we have to have <laughs> proofs where we have to d- detail the steps from A to B. But so, if they don't have a corpse with them, how can they be corpse geometries? That's my question. So um, we get we get into our uh, then these <laughs> these many many units of night haunt. So we started with um, hex wraiths and spirit hosts, and we had the black coach, which I don't think was a night haunt keyworded model previously. I don't was it? I, I believe it was. Check. It was. Then I it, was, it was. I oh no, I think it's the um, oh that other flying thing that was. With the necromancer on top of it, yep. the yeah. mortis engine. Mortis engine. The mortis engine go. was not in a night hunt keyword. Um, we had, we had a ban- like a night had, But then we also had banshee and a Karn wraith beforehand. Then we had Karn wraiths and two yep. banshees. Yes, we did. Uh, so we had we had five units in the night hunt, which is as big as some other factions are yep. for yep. sure. Could have stopped there. Man. So the fire bellies, they're going to get big too. They already are big. <laughs> big bellies. So now we've got three special characters. Mm-hmm. We've got Lady Olinder. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, Kurdos Valentian. And we've got Reikonor, the Grimhaler. Mm-hmm. Then we've got a number, quite a few heroes. Yeah, heroes. We've got a Lord Executioner. Yep. We've got the Karen Wraith and Tomb Banshee are still heroes. Um, we've got Knights of Shroud, both mounted and on foot. Um, we've got a Spirit Torment. And well, you've got the Dreadblade heroes listed. And those are also characters, even though they're in a box they, of two. They're characters? Uh, that's what I've been informed that they're characters, even though they come in a box of two characters in a box. I would need to look that up. I have not looked at their scroll, so I, can't say, I will believe you. I can't say one or the other. Um, so Gar- then, do you say the Guardian of Souls? Do we talk about that? Uh, yes. No. No. 
Do I even have them down here? Yeah, this, towards the top. Anyway, yeah. spooky ghost person with a flaming yeah, staff. Of souls, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, And uh, so that's a, quite a few uh, there. So then we've got uh, the Dreadblade Harrows. Harrows? Mm-hmm. Um, and these are, uh, those are the ones you said are, are heroes Heroes, themselves. Yeah. Um, chain Ghasts. Are the dudes with the big lock flails, like double flails? Basically, like the yeah. goblin. Um, da, 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 what are they called when they spin? The fanatics. Fanatics, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, we've got Glaive Wrath Wraith Stalkers, mm-hmm. which were in life, they were assassins. Mm-hmm. And, wait a minute, sorry. No, uh, no, those were the hunters, weren't they? They were, they were, they were assassins or hunters or, and then, but very like methodical and like purposeful. Sure. And their punishment is. They have to. They're just berserkers. Now. Yeah. They don't get to decide or choose it where they go and who they attack and what they. I don't want those guys. <laughs> Grimgast Reapers, uh, which are kind of like the Karen Wraith, um, yeah. only in a uniform. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Chain Rasp Hordes, which are your you know dudes yep. in their in the stocks. Bog and, standard. And, uh, chains. Yeah. And stuff. Prisoners. The blade Geists. Which have uh, blade based revenants have like the big claymore swords. Yeah, yeah man, those guys, those models awesome. have some like movement in them. Like those yeah. things are, those are spinning and. You know, yeah. I'm just really impressed by the way they uh, made those guys uh, very yep dynamic and, yep. and you know, full of motion. Uh, the Mermorn Banshees have the veils on their faces and very much remind me of the Mortis Engine uh, mm-hmm. Banshees mm-hmm. that are floating around it. Um, there's the Dread Scythe Herodans. Mm-hmm. Which are um, similar to the the two um, that come with Lady Olinder that fly next to her. Mm-hmm. And those guys were, if I remember correctly, they were they were healers in life. Mm-hmm. And I, this is a new thing yep. to me: the fact that like Nagash is offended by people who heal other people. He's like, no, 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 you gotta let them go. Like you got they're coming my way. Anything that gets in the way of that um, offends me. Um, yep. And this is where it's interesting because yeah, there's some things where um, so like the there was the the story of the Nordery where these thousand souls that he ripped out and it said that they were in life they were um, they would only fight for a cause they would never fight for money Mm -hmm. but in death then they only fight for as mercenaries sure yeah but their their currency being souls (laughs) but like again they weren't bad people but he's changing what their fate is yeah is that about justice or is that about torment Mm mm-hmm don't ask me. I have a warped sense anyway. of justice. Um, <laughs> the, and, and, and are you Nagash? I think these Dread Scythe Herodans were also the ones that um, are, aren't in control of their actions, and so they're, they are t- like, they're mortified by they what they're being forced to do. They wantonly slaughter. Yeah. They wantonly wound, whereas in life they tried to cure it. Yeah, but they wounds. still have some semblance of themselves in, in the yep. back of their mind who are, who are terrified about the, what they're doing, but they can't, yeah. they can't and, stop themselves. Yeah. So what's your toll, your tally? How many units? I don't. I mean, was you I have right? it listed I, right here. Yep. So there's 18. <laughs> there's 20 with the because I didn't list. So there, all there's 14 them. outside the starter set, and so I don't know how many are in the starter set. That'd uh, be six if there's 20. So I mean, if my math. So there's 20 20 units that were started with five. So we have 15 new units. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's amazing. It's it is amazing. Minutes. I mean, I hate to say it, but like every fa- like any fashion that's already been released would kill to have that many. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> kill, get it, get it, because they're undead. Ko, um, fire slayers, mm-hmm. uh, um, like iron jaws. Iron like, jaws. There are so many kit. I mean, like yeah. It, and the interesting thing is that, like, to me, you, some of them are single purpose, right? Like the chain rass hordes. Mm. They don't have any weapon options. The only thing you can do is you can put command on them, and that's it, mm. right? So like, there are. 
purposes for the roles of each of these, right? Like the Blade Geist Revenants of the Claymore Swords, I don't think they come with anything but Claymore Swords, right? Like they are single yeah, purposeful. I don't think there's any dual kits. No, uh, no. I mean, which I oh man, I love it. That's another reason why I'm oh man. It's something you really dig, but that means no extra bits. Mm-hmm. Wait, so yeah, that, so you're right. That's another. Good I mean, thing, there are point. a few <laughs> kit. There are a few extra bits, but like command yeah, models, yep, yep. stuff like that. Nothing, which is interesting. Major. Um, well, and, but it, it makes it. I mean, to me, it makes it a very good starter army, right? Because everything is just assembled one way, and because of the design choices that they made, there's some very simple, um, not simple, but more simplistic ways of painting these models that allow you to get them on the table, right? Mm-hmm. Like at the moment, to my opinion. This is the easiest army to get to the table. Yeah. If you go to the Black Coach, you're going to have some more issues with all these different textures. That's the only one that has a bunch of different textures that aren't present in the rest of the models. But if you want to get a Nighthawk Force on the table, this is probably the fastest army right now in AOS to get there. I have a confession. I'm sitting here trying to think of an example to prove you wrong, and I can't come up with one. <laughs> well, Skeletons and- are also pretty <clears throat> fast. Yeah, but is that, an, like, <clears throat> is that an army? Yeah, Flesh Eater. Yeah. You can do pretty strong death rattle. Or you could do oh. Camry if you wanted to. You know, use the... I don't know what that is. White King, some... Uh, <laughs> Graveguard. Graveguard, uh, Skeletons, yeah. Uh, yeah. Black Knights. Well, and one of the things I talked about on Warhammer TV is that... Yeah, four years. The Cairn Wraiths and the Tomb Banshees were the two things that, like, the designers looked at those and went, this is an amazing design. Yeah. We can make all kinds of ideas out of this. And well, that's where the whole range came from. And they inspired from. a few thi- quite a few things, yeah. Exactly. So... Um, let's do what? What's let's do favorites. Pick out a unit that was your favorite mm-hmm. um, that you really enjoyed that they made that, uh, and then maybe pick out one that you didn't like so much or maybe missed the mark. I'm glad to hear you say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was un- unplanned, but I, I would have gone that way anyways. So yeah, nice. good. I'm right. gonna I'm gonna go first. You go first. Please, my favorite. You claim it. My favorite is the Spirit Torment. Um, the Spirit Torment is awesome because it's a really cool model. It's very dynamic. But the other reason it's awesome is because it can take Stormcast Souls. I'm so glad you said that. Which is amazing, right? Like, no longer are you flying up to Azir and a lightning bolt. Sorry, I'm whipping you in the face with a huge lock, and when you die, I'm taking your soul. I hear you get to actually take the other person's model on the table. Yeah, like you can literally smash it over the side with a huge lock. I mean, how would you even... We were just talking about tanking it. I mean, (laughs) pink slips. I'm just saying you don't crash the other car when you pink slips it. <laughs> and pink slipping something is, is the term. Uh, Aaron, what was your favorite? Uh, my favorite would maybe be, I mean, it's, it's not similar, but I, I think it's the it's the, the chain gas or the, the fanatic guys, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They're kind of wacky. They're kind of goofy, but it's an example of how you can take a ghost and like and mix it up a little bit, how to have a, a, a new take on, a, on an old favorite. Um, so... I like those guys. I really like the lock motif. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, to yeah, yeah. what Paulo's saying. Um, so oh, yeah. I think that's maybe my favorite. Well, in a game, they're kind of cool, too, because they boost the ability of the Spirit Torment. Oh. So if you have them near the Spirit Torment, his ability goes farther. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so a little low side for his ability. Hey, Eric, hit me up. Blade Geist Revenants with the huge sword. Sure, 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 uh, sure. Like you said, tons of movement. Um, I'm surprised that they weren't a dual kit with the, the Wraiths, the... Um, Glaive Wraith Stalkers? No, 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 not the Glaive Wraith. The, or the ones that are like the, the Cairn Wraiths. Uh, the b- d- 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 Grimgast Reapers? Yeah. Number 11. Yeah, the, the Grimgast Reapers and the Blade Geist Revenants weren't a dual kit. That would have been, you know, whatever. But um, I like yeah, Actually, very similar. Good point. I didn't think uh, about that. But I really I, I really like Revenants. Right on. Um, missed the Mark. What would, 
What, what missed the mark for you, Paul? Um, I really like uh, the chain rasps, but I really don't like that it's only 10 models and then a push fit. There's not a lot of ability to make conversions there, and they're going to be the most of the model that you have in the army. So I understand why they're 10. They're sold in a box of 10. They come in the starter set in a box of 20. But you've got a bunch of identical models in the army, and I wish they had a little bit more flexibility. Um, I mean, in general, the whole Night Haunt Rage, the thing that I miss is that you're not going to have extra bits. And that's one of my favorite things, obviously, about uh, putting armies together is having those bits left over. And that's just not going to be a thing because they are all very much exactly what they are. You are the bits man. I am the bits man. I do think there's opportunity to pull bit, bits from other things yes. and add to these. You're right. But probably not the other the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think what's interesting too, like you said, I mean, I've, and you look at the the sequiturs for um, mm-hmm. similarly, they're they're I think they're modeled one way, but maybe there's a couple ways you can model them. Well, the starter set sequiturs are modeled one yeah. way, but the sequitur box set okay. is a multi-part kit. It does have then I'll, I'll, it's my I understanding. don't have any comment. Yeah. Aaron, did they miss the mark anywhere? Um, yeah, and this is going to be... this. I just I just in my head created a new segment that I'm going to bring up. Because I feel okay. like every army has one of these. And so uh, my miss the mark, is there's two actually tied for it. It's the Lord Executioner mm-hmm. and... Oh, God, what's his name? The, the dude you just said... Who was your favorite, Paul? What are those called? Uh, Spirit Torment. Spirit Torment. Here's the deal. The models are great. I love the uh-huh. models. That's fantastic. But I, I'm sensing a trend... Uh, with like the rules behind some of these models where and okay so i think we've we've been told that the the timeline that for a, a model to be created is that they they model it first then they create rules for it then they write the the mm-hmm. lore for it um so like the models are great i, I really love both those models they're, they're fantastic yep. but then the rules writer sat down and said hmm let's take a look at this thing hey that, that guy's got a series of locks Locks are cool, but how do we make locks cooler? How do, how do we add more to a very neat, simple motif? I know, they steal souls. Or like the, the Lord Executioner has those ghosts around him. You can't just be a dude with ghosts, but no, those ghosts have to have a thing. They have to they have to deflect uh, uh, wounds or I, I forget what it does exactly, but mm-hmm. you know, it's some defensive barrier. That's like the definition of like over-designing to me. The fact that like we have to just tack on extra stuff. That like it can't it just be ghosts. Can't it just be cool locks that he swings around, smacks people in the faces? They have to be this extra thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, my new segment is is going to be something along the lines of do, do we really have to? Like it's a little much. Uh, like let's just keep it simple. Like just get, let's just have cool model designs and not have to like tack a rule onto every <clears> little thing. Like that dumb worm on the on the uh, Sylvaneth-like character, or like the fish swimming around that one, like, Deepkin here's, character. Here's your title. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, no, you didn't. Uh, well, we're going to workshop it a little bit. But so, uh, to be clear, I love the models, and yep. um, I think they're real cool looking, but I think maybe we tone it back. Let's dial it down. We'd, every little every little kitten caboodle, like every little pouch on somebody's belt doesn't need to have, to, like, a rule associated with it. Um, let's get back to those simpler days. All right. That was my that was my gripe. All right, I get it. I, I got you. My gripe. Uh, aesthetically, there's a lot of amazing things going on, and I think I've talked about how I like the textures. There's a lot of play with textures in yeah. this, more so than in a lot of other. It's not um, just sheets. Different textures. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not enough uh, variation in size. So I do get the 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 gas are cool and mm-hmm. they're kind of smallish, and then the wraith stuff's kind of medium. Yeah. But, and the other thing in variety of, like, it's the ghosts of anything. Like, in, in Nagash the Undying King, we had ogre geists. Yeah. 
like where are my ogre guys like why haven't you killed ogres and like and this is going to be a theme of mine like when if they ever get back to zombies like why do they all have to be humans where my ogres well that's that's actually the whole thing with death right like death has only humanoid figures right no well so yes so if you're saying a thing with death as in a failing of death models Mm -hmm. is that they've only sculpted we used to have like there was the curse company which was goblins and dwarves and orcs as skeletons yeah and that was a unit that they produced and it was amazing but they don't do that anymore yeah well and that was a very limited like point in time and they weren't that great um, they oh, didn't I have they awesome for like time. it was a cool idea, but it was limited in execution because sure. of what they were capable of. The of. Time. Yeah, yeah. But right now with plastics, uh-huh. like zombie ogres would be amazing, or zombie trolls, sure. right? Or um, you know, you get in this case if you had taken um, oh, I'm trying to think of another large like any kind of beast, like you could take the ghosts of animals. Well, zombie and- alapex, right? Like you could have made the things that are already in the game and made zombie parts for them. Yep. So I think I think that could be I mean that tends to be the stuff that I try and convert where I want to get something like that into the mm-hmm. army but with ghosts they could be of any kind of shape size or whatever or any kind of um, and they could be elven or they could human or they could orc so bringing those kind of into I guess you have more room to play with species in this so you know go for it sure. uh, so this is my message to the designers if you got all that control go wilder uh, with with you know with who you're, who you're yeah. and designers. If I still have your ear, stop slapping on extra rules to <laughs> things that don't need it. Well, in their defense, right? Like in their defense, the sculptors tell them what they think is interesting about the bottle is what I'm my understanding. So it might have been the sculptor saying, "This piece is awesome. You need to make a rule for it." I have a hard time believing that the sculptors is like, "Hey man, make sure you make a rule for this like two ghosts on this like on this." There's three. Oh, is there three? Okay, there's then three. It's good. Yeah. Sure. Well, See, I mean, like, three is a tipping point. If we're even, two, no. Even the, um, I mean, like, I actually like that it's so WYSIWYG. Like, the, mm-hmm. if there's something on there that it does something. I mean, that's a good way to put it. It is the def- the definition yeah. of WYSIWYG. I mean, yeah. so, like, you've got, um, what is it, the goblin? Uh, oh, oh, the fungoid shaman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fungoid shaman has that little squig, and yeah. it's got, like, a beetle or and a worm mullet. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, caterpillar, centipede. I want those things to be there for a reason mm-hmm. and to do something there. Yeah. Otherwise... Don't put them on the well, different strokes. I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. I gotcha. I think, like, and from a very practical thing, I think with it, what that is is that it's it makes it harder for somebody else to make a model that will fit the description, right? Yeah. If you put a centipede on the back of a goblin and you give him a mushroom head, you're gonna have to do a lot of design choices to make that model match. You know, I hadn't thought about that. That's a lot of more protectable IP. I mean, it doesn't like make right? me like it any better, but that, that's <laughs> I mean, about. like, yeah, it, it's not a fun reason. It's mm. not an enjoyable thing, and it like. I love the models they're coming out with, so I can't really complain about it. But I think that's part of where this design ethos comes from. I gotcha. Right? Uh, is that it is a little bit over-designed, but it's personalized. Right? Like, I mean, like... And the other thing is, we used to get models where it didn't matter what you put on the model. It was a human with a sword. And that was all the rules you got for it. He has a sword, so this is what he does for attacks. That's he's a human, so he's got moving four. That's what I want. Right? Like... And that's not what you want. You would, you would, you would shrivel up and die in that world. Mm. Well, I mean, there's a lot of worlds <laughs> that shrivel up and die. So I've got. I wanted to. There's a couple of tail end or trailing kind of bits of information that I wanted to add before we close up. One, there's this cool mention of what's called terminus creatures. Um, that there's these. Well, I'm gonna back up because I want to talk about this skeleton train for a second. 
the fifth time the skeleton train is brought up in this book. And either Nagash is really proud of himself for thinking about this this uh, this method of uh, gathering up all the realm stones, or the the writers are really proud of themselves for coming up with this idea. I mean, it's a freaking cool idea. Uh, but <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't just slap it in the middle of like the rules or something. Like, oh, this is how you charge. Also, oh, oh, by the way, let me tell you about the skeleton train real quick. <laughs> Imagine like the last skeleton's like, I'm the caboose. I'm the caboose. One thing that they do do add to it is that these skeletons are so persistent that as mm-hmm. they're walking back and forth so many times over hundreds of years, they're wearing down and they're breaking down. Literally and physically, they're, but like, they're but they're like down to the nub. They're still doing their job, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of interesting. Beauty of skeletons, yeah. Uh, well, it, it's it's. Like, within the same fashion, it's the polar opposite of the spirit torment, right? Like, I mean, the spirits themselves, because the spirits are physically insane, and these are nothing. Like, they yeah. are... They are cogs in the wheel. They are cogs in the wheel. So we have somebody who is literally... ass wheel. Literally the pinnacle of emotion, which is insanity, and in the same faction, we have somebody that is... I thought it was love, Paul. <laughs> well, I don't know. You could ask Valencian and Lady Olinda what love means, huh? What, well, what's love got to do what with it, What is though? love? All right, Tina Turner. Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. So, in the, in the um, skeleton train, it said that there would often skeleton be uh, things that would try and disrupt the train, you know, and kill skeletons and whatnot. Um, but then it talked about the dangers of terminus creatures, beings that could actually survive at the edges of the realms. I don't want to mess with those dudes. No, not at all. Um, uh, one of the things they talk a little bit about the imagery of the night haunt, uh, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. So the grave rose, the gnarl yew tree, thorny briar thistles, scythes, uh, a mourner's veil. Talking about a moor coin, and I don't know if there's, I don't know if I've seen one on a model, but I mean, I guess the idea of stigics and put, coins, put on, coins yeah, on the eyes. It's from the old world where you put coins on the eyes, yeah. pay the passage through stigics, yeah. which is from other mythologies that are real. Yep. Um, flickering corpse candle. And then the mm-hmm. most powerful or most uh, most used the hourglass, which I think is, which is pretty cool. That could have been another th- cool thing for them to swing around rather than locks. Be big yeah. hourglasses. Um, Man, they're, I mean they're fragile but, though. But usually the, it's it's for the, um, the 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 heroes have some hourglass. The endless spell them. is an hourglass oh, that yeah. you literally swing around. Yep. Right. But. Um, and I have one pet peeve: is that in a couple of places, I think in uh, the Legion of the Gash book or um, a couple places where they've talked about soul stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> and real descriptive, real like, specific. Well, it, it's kind of like um, what is it in Lord of the Rings where the um, never heard of it. Where is, the is orc unobtainium. Where the orc says, "Guess what's back on the menu, boys?" And I'm like, "Did they have? Me- did they call them menus? Was <laughs> menu like that? Feels like a modern thing, yeah. not like you know what I mean? Like it feels out of place. Like stuff, yeah." feels out of place in <laughs> in our fantasy so that's fair Un- unless stuffing was probably a thing though was it yeah right you'd stuff i don't know i think bed call, i think called it filler how would you know what <laughs> who are you <laughs> what if you took a fish that lives on the bottom of the sea and then you put souls in it would it be a soul stuffed soul stuff or wasn't that be a puffer fish <laughs> Don't get me started on soul, that. Soul, S-O-L-E, started on puffer fish. fishes. Anyway, so that's just one of my because they in the previous one uh, that where I read it, like they had other terms for it, mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm. the ether and the spirit. Um, I don't even have. I'm not eloquent right now. Sure, but like in this case, <laughs> right it was like <laughs> it's gonna, I was being nice. <laughs> I'm still being nice. <laughs> I'm, I, 
<laughs> constructive criticism. Uh, but soul stuff really stuck out at me yeah. as being a little bit a, bit, a little bit yeah. uh, coarse in an otherwise very smooth uh, <laughs> n- uh, narrative. So, um, so I, I do want to go back a little bit and just talk a little bit about um, the main characters that we have, like the heroes. Oh, no, we already did that. I know we did that, but what we didn't we, talk about talk about. We didn't talk about who they were. Like these characters are defined by the jobs they had in life, right? Like so. The Lord Executioner was literally a Lord Executioner. Like, every one of the Lord Executioners was a Lord Executioner Which who enjoyed I, his job a little bit too much. I have a hard time imagining the fact that there were that many So many Lord Executioners, right? Like, but also, why is that a torment? How is that justice? Because a lot of them were well, killing because, folks who didn't deserve it. Because those three ghosts, right? Those three ghosts are the victims that literally go around and telling them how terrible they are. Like, literally, they're being tormented by the rest of the life by their victims. Which I'm okay with that. That's cool. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and then when we talk about the um, the the uh, spirit torments, right? Those were jailers, weren't mm-hmm. they? Right? Yep. So, they're swinging around the tools of their trade. And so, mm-hmm. instead of having these, like, momentous heroes like we have in the Stormcast, we have people that are defined by who they were in life. Instead of the Stormcast, where they were defined by what they did. Sure. Right? Like, so, it, it's kind of, again, it's a mirror of the Night Haunt back to the Stormcast. Yeah, watch out, that guy from Fight Club doesn't get a hold of these people, because he would tell them, you are not your job. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But Nagash is like, no, I'm sorry, HR says, this is your job, and you're that, doing your job, I don't care is, if you're dead. That is not a bad analogy, Fight Club, for Nagash and his mortar. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. Because <laughs> they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to think about that one tonight. I'm going to lay in bed. Battle Tome, <laughs> Fight Club, <laughs> Night Hunt, more Tarks. I was going to say Night Club. <laughs> that, no, that's... <laughs> uh-huh. Any other um, Any other? one or two of those you want to point out? The or? last one is the Night of Shrouds, right? Like, the Night of Shrouds are very much... The traitors. The, the parallels of the Stormcast, right? Um, uh, we do the, have some of the stories where the Lord Executioner, the Grimgast or the, the spirit torment, go back to the places they were. But the Knight of Shrouds is very much a character who is taken from a place, turned into a being in the gash, and then sent back to that place in order to take revenge, right? Like, at least as they are portrayed so far the, in the background. They're more of the betrayer. Where yeah. they, they weren't the heroes of their people. They yep. were the betrayers of their people. Yeah, again, um, the mirror of the Stormcast. Yep, the... the, yep, the and that, uh, and it's betrayal that gives them power, hmm. not the defending or the the fighting that gives them the power. All right, if we're all going to go through the things we want to talk about, the one thing I want to bring up just real quick, and it'll be fast. Uh, you were talking about the fact that like, why aren't there different shapes and sizes of the the, the night haunts? Yeah. And you're like, oh, why aren't there any elf uh, spirits? Because as we found in other stories, um, I don't know if this yeah, is an explicit reason, um, but for elves. Uh, Nagash has a chip on his shoulder from a wide range of specific, like, order factions. I guess it's mostly order, though he hates chaos, too, I suppose. Yeah, um, he does. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, those races that are sort of denying him those those souls. Um, I like to point out, like, who, who uh, factions, like, enemies and allies are. Uh, for the Night Haunt, like, sp- uh, it's, the, it's the living, but then especially the living who are going around and keeping souls from Nagash. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's your Stormcast, obviously. That's all we've been talking about, really. But it's those elves. Um, and I bring up the elves because there's a little sliver, a little hint here that points to uh, that there is, there's still coming uh, a hish brand of elves uh, yeah. that Nagash uh, has his eye on. Um, so I, 
I wanted to bring that up because again, it's another little tidbit pointing to like future armies, which I'm always looking for. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason I read any of this stuff is so I can see what's coming next. Um, but then also he, he hates the deep kin because they're stealing souls mm-hmm. and like apparently he, the the Sylvaneth are on his on his S list. Well, that um, was one of the really cool things. I don't know if it was in Souls in this one. Something about soul pods, or I can't remember. Well, but soul pods are the souls of the Sylvaneth from the old world that Sylv- that. Illyriel brought with her. Okay. But one of the really interesting things is that not all the Sylvaneth follow Illyriel. True. There are Sylvaneth in the realm of death that chose not to follow her, which is a really fascinating uh, thing if you think about it, because they're, it really brings into question like what they are, right? If they're not beings who are bound to Illyriel, to the goddess of life, what do you take with something that is a race that is defined by life and put it in the realm of death? Uh, you get chalky, black, painted, a sylvan army. To me, it fits the same as humans worshipping Nagash. But it, it makes them functionally more than just dryads, then. Right? It makes them functionally into something that can exist outside of the the old parameters. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's a really, uh, yeah, it's a really interesting thing to me. Right on. Um, um, don't you point at me. To the point of, I'm going to make another case for Nagash... <laughs> having feelings for his old friends yeah. in, in that Camry. he has more more hatred for the pantheon betraying him and taking his souls than he does for chaos yeah mm-hmm. you know taking what? his I souls because yeah. chaos takes his souls because they take the people and turn them into demons and at that point they are no, no yeah. longer available no there's there's no question that yeah. that chaos steals souls aaron was wrong uh, i didn't say they didn't <laughs> you weren't sure <laughs> Was that earlier? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like five minutes like, ago. Okay. An hour uh, and a half ago. No, like, yeah. The chaos steals souls. Like, they want souls, too. Um, but he is more offended by Sigmar. Yeah. Well, oh, and then that's one more thing we find in here, is that Sigmar started making the Stormcast before wow, the Pantheon before. broke up. Pantheon yeah. broke up. And that it was already starting to crumble because, I mean, the Teclas and Tyrion were going away, you know, doing their own thing with, with Slanesh. But Nagash was still, like, tuned in but then he found out that sigmar had been stealing his hero's souls and he and so at the battle of the burning sky dead the undead did not show up the peaced out so that that was the betrayal so the question has been like who betrayed who first did did because our when we first got the stories we got it from the perspective that nagash betrayed the pantheon Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but this is and this seems like a third party narrative like this isn't objective or at least subjective this is just this just feels like they're just telling us what happened Mm -hmm. not like it's not narrative telling us um and it's it tells us that that it seems like sigmar broke the trust first well Well, only insofar as nagash claimed that all souls are his he's like hey hey, we're cool this is a big point right well his perception was that he made a deal with them okay that's fine but we should probably end it there right are we ready to anyway. kick this thing in the butt? Time to ship. There. All right. It's time for our reforging. Like or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Comment below. Leave a review for us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at The Mortal Realms. Aaron, where can we find you? Uh, at Dosesos, right? Yeah. D O S A C E O S. Stump. We're running in there. Paul, where do we find you? At PJHR. And. You can find me, Eric, at StoneMonkeyGamer. And check out all of our Mortal Realms content at themortalrealms.com. Click!
I just don't want to give Aaron too much fodder for bloopers. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I love it now. Bloopers. Be bloopers. All right. Three, two, one. Because Nagash is not the god of death. That's, that's all. It's all be, be the, the change you want to be in the world. Nagash is the god of undeath, right? Like every other god of the realm is the god of the magic of that realm. Nagash is not. He is taking over this realm, but it specifically says in the beginning of the battle tome, he is the god of undeath, and he has claimed all the souls. Whereas every other god that rules over the realm is the god of that realm, right? I think yeah. he's the god of the realm. I think you're just semantics. But he's not. It, like if a... you read the beginning, it specifically says he's the god of undeath. Those words mean the same thing, man. No, death and undeath are two completely different things. No, death, death is what you describe undeath before you get there. Undeath is, is the state once you've died. Okay. Well, but not allowed to go to leave, right? Like undeath is undeath you is have not been allowed to live your life, your your unlife, your your post life, right? So Please your understand that I don't care enough to fight you on this. <laughs> all right, that's fine. No, I I think it's I think it's I think he's all of it. Which I think well, one I think he's he's campaigning to be all of it. I think he's campaigning to be the Lord of Death, which is but I think I mean he killed. All those gods that he's killed are the manifestations of people's beliefs. That's correct. So they're not they're not anything. No. They're, they're not power. power. They're they're not much. They ain't nothing. Yeah, they're not a lot of power, but they are some. And power. so yeah. and, and not one of them is the god of death. Mm -hmm. They're the god of this belief or god yeah. of that belief or whatever. Yeah, so are you saying but there's no god of death? There is no god of death. Okay. We have not been That's all I wanted to know. That's death. all I wanted to know. But he controls Amethyst. Magic. He does control him with this magic, but he, he does. Is he's not the Lord of Death. He's not the God of Death. No, he is. He's never been labeled the God of Death. He's the God of Undeath. Well, that may be because he's like, eh, I like Undeath better. Undeath is like well, a but that's, more that's fair. State. But like, my question is, where is the God of Death? <laughs> I think he's it. I don't think he's it. Just the same way Sigmar is the God of Heavens. Yeah, but he's labeled as the God of Heavens. That, well, that's just like, a label. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that you are or not just because you haven't labeled yourself. If Words mean things. If Gabriel were here, he'd be, so, he'd be so pissed off right now. <laughs> we we can cut it out. <laughs> but but what I'm saying is that that he can still be the god of death, but primarily feel like hey, I'm the god of undeath. But then why wouldn't why wouldn't GW publish it listing him as the god of death? Then? Where do you well, it's the, it's in the what death world? grand alliance the god and he, of undeath. It's the death grand alliance, and he's in charge of it. I'm You're definitely right. cutting all this nonsense. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> It's not that interesting. <laughs> it's not even remotely interesting. <laughs> it's true, though. They've never labeled them the god of death.